0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Locked On Indians. This is Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Let's get into it. Um, Missed a few days of travel for the holiday. I am back, and there is a ton to talk about. We have had some free agent signings. The Indians swung a minor deal and a bunch of players designated for assignment that were kind of surprising so um starting off with jonathan villar a lot of people were asking would he be a good fit for the indians and the answer was of course yes he was a highly productive player um played second base played shortstop the reason he was let go by the phillies was he was due to make 10 million dollars well it looks like he was claimed by the florida marlins at pretty high uh Process, uh, you know, they're pretty high in the order. So the Indians never really had an opportunity to try to get Velar. He ended up getting traded for Easton Lucas, a left-handed pitcher. Now, Easton Lucas was a 14th rounder this past year. He is already 23 years of age. Being a 14th round pick and a senior, he likely didn't even get a uh, hundred thousand to sign. So, this is not a priority prospect at any level. He is a lefty. You can never have enough lefties um, in limited time this past year pitching in rookie ball, and, you know, short season, pitching in the New York Penn League. Uh, I mean, he was good in the New York Penn League, uh, mostly as a starter, 34 innings, strikeout rate over 10, walk rate under 2.5. The peripherals are good, but again, he was much older than the majority of guys he was facing. The uh, the Orioles essentially got nothing for Villar, who was arguably their best player a year ago. It's still kind of head-scratching that they took that route. I mean. Lucas isn't terrible, but again, a 14th round pick from a year ago, he really hasn't had a chance to build value. And he really, you know, this is not a guy who was going to be discussed at any point this year. So we can end the, uh, Valar discussion on the other side of things by getting Villar It meant the Marlins let go of JT riddle. He'd been a, you know, an interesting prospect at points, but the, the basic story with riddle is he just doesn't do anything offensively. Um, I don't think he's really a candidate for the Indians to look at. There's just nothing there. He has not been an offensive performer. He doesn't do a whole lot. Uh, So Riddle, let go. Not really that interesting of a guy. Let's just kind of quickly go through and hit a bunch of players who were designated for assignment today. And then we'll talk about the Indians trade in the second half of the show, what it means, who they traded, what they got. So you have that to look forward to. Kevin Pillar. um, I was a little disappointed when a year ago the – The Giants traded for him from Toronto. He had started out pretty miserably with Toronto, but it was very small sample size. With the Giants, he was league average-ish, maybe a little below. Offensive production was was okay. It was actually in line with what he does most years, which is a below average bat. But the defensive metrics really kind of soured on him. And if you look at him, you know, at his peak when it was like 2015, 2016, 2017 defensively, now, those are age 26, 27, 28 years. Uh, 2018 started to see a decline, and then this year, even more of a decline. He did get an MVP uh, vote because he finished uh, tied for 22nd, which is absolutely ridiculous that someone did that. That's like either a really homerish or really foolish. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way to justify it. He was in line for almost $10 million in arbitration, uh and the Giants said no thanks. We're not gonna do that. He was worth one one BR. He had only one year left on his contract. He is going to be uh 31. It's being of January. I get why the Giants decided it was better to move on. Not the worst guy for the Indians to consider, but again the problem is this is a guy whose main calling card was his defense and that's in decline and his offense has always been um below average. So more big name, not so much really someone who's worth that big name anymore. Blake Trahan, what a what a turnaround um, in a bad way. But this is so. If you look at it, you go back to his time with the Washington Nationals and first season, fifty innings, excellent. Next season, and that was age twenty six. He took a while to debut. Age twenty seven, eh, down year, but okay. Age twenty eight, once again back to awesome. Uh, age twenty nine, he. He struggled out of the gate and then was awesome for Oakland in 2017 and that second half. And then last year, he was otherworldly, you know, all star game, finished sixth in the Cy Young, 15th in the MVP, uh, one of the best closers in baseball. And this year, he just went back the other way. It was arguably, it, I don't think it was arguable, it was his worst year he has ever had in the majors. It was his lowest season. And. You look at a guy who that was his age, 31 year. He turned uh, 31 in in early June. So you're looking at a guy who's going on 32, was in line to make 32 million in, I believe, the final year. Yeah, in the final year of his contract. I can't blame Oakland for moving on at that point. Eight million is a lot to spend. And Trahan uh, Trahan was terrible, just awful. Uh, There's some talk that they kind of shopped him around, nothing really developed. I think he's an interesting buy low candidate, especially on a market where there is like nothing left. The, uh, the cupboards are pretty barren free agency. I'll be curious to see who runs, you know, rolls with him. The, the big issue here is the, the walk rate, like in his time in Oakland, when they acquired him, uh, from Washington, he had a, he'd always been sitting around three, four, you know, uh, 4.2, 4.3, 3.0. The walk rate had always been high, but, uh, the strikeout rate was okay at around eight. Well, the year he just was off the charts, a 2.4 walk rate, an 11.2 strikeout rate, home run rate dipped to 0.2, which is low, um, below his, his thing. Everything was basically career bests. He had a age 30 season where everything aligned, unlike anything we had really ever seen from him. Like he was beyond what anyone could have expected. Oakland probably should have sold high at that point, but it's also hard to sell high at that point. It's kind of, it's the no-win scenario. Like, no one's going to really pay for him because it's the one big year. And, yeah, then he comes back this year and just walk rate jumps to the highest rate ever at 5.7. Strikeout rate's still a solid 9.1. Also in the home run rate, which had peaked at 0.7, jumps to 1.4. The hit rate, which had been kind of high at points throughout his time, in Washington jumps up again to nearly nine so he was a disaster and I can't blame Oakland for moving on he's an interesting name though in a market that is the relief uh, market has already been heavily picked over so just keep it in mind uh Josh uh Fegley the catcher former first round pick at uh for the White Sox had been a solid backup with Oakland um yeah I mean he's just a solid backup entering his age 32 season uh at this point with the catcher market being what it's like you know uh i think since we talked Jan gomes resigned with the nationals so you're basically down to castro um martin maldonado robinson Chirinos, and then now uh austin romine is a nice another guy to, to pay attention to but uh, fugly is going to kind of enter that market that tier of guy um but with Oakland making trading Jackson Profar for Austin Allen, they can kind of run with those two as their catchers. Allen is such... I thought that was a win-win by both teams. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, then, you know, if you're Oakland, you probably don't want to spend that extra money on a backup. So they also save, I think, a little a little under $2 million by moving on. And then Ryan Butcher. Um, he has always, always, always been an interesting lefty. Uh, the problem for him is... You know, As we kind of move along and the rules are going to be adapted and changed, um, he is best as a loogie, and that's kind of a role that might be starting to filter out. But he wasn't terrible. He's another guy that on a market without much out there uh, could be interesting. High strikeout, high home run rate, though, and the walk rate is creeping up. He is going to be uh, 33 in February, but someone's definitely going to roll the dice on him. You don't have to roll the dice with Away, they are our sponsor, and I just want to remind you of the deal with Away, they create thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. You can get $20 off a suitcase if you go to awaytravel.com backslash locked on and use the promo code locked on during checkout. And remember, if you're listening on the go and you can't check this out or any of our other offers, you can always go over to locked on sponsors and see the whole list at lockedonpodcast.com backslash offers. Okay, so we talked about Butcher. Here's a, maybe a, a big surpriser for me was uh, Tayshawn Walker. I mean, he was only up for about $5.5 which is not bad for a starter. Uh, he was hurt. You know, he missed most of 2018, most of 2019. So it's back-to-back missed seasons, really. But you go back to that first year in Arizona, and he was awesome. Um, I mean, he was more of like a mid-rotation starter, but still, the... He's just 24 years of age, and he's always had tantalizing stuff. He's been a top prospect of points. Um, he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year, which is kind of the common theme we're seeing with a lot of these guys or teams are deciding they're not going to roll the dice on the one-year contract, which is kind of odd because a one-year contract is the perfect time to roll the dice, in my opinion. But if you want to do a reclamation project, like if I'm the Detroit Tigers in particular, like this is the perfect guy. Go get Tejon Walker. If he performs... 80% of what he did in the 2017 season, great. You have a fantastic trade asset and you'll get you'll recoup some value on that investment. And if he bombs, it's not going to cost you that much in salary. But just interesting, he's been hurt. He hasn't been around, hasn't had those opportunities. Past two years, 14 innings. So you don't know what you're going to get. But when he was there, again, age 24 season, someone he deb- debuted at age 20, um, just an interesting guy for especially a lower team to go get. And then Arizona had another guy who barely has played, and that's Steven Souza Jr. Not good in 2018. Didn't play at all in 2019 with a knee injury. Reports are he's healthy now. Always had interesting tools. He is the perfect guy the Indians should be trying to get on a, uh, a minor league contract or an invite. Um, and he should want to come to the Indians because here's the situation. If you're Steven Souza Jr. and you want to do a one-year contract to get your value back and to get back out there and try to earn that big contract. Uh, Cleveland gives you a clear road to an outfield starting spot if you're healthy. They are a team that's going to contend. So not only do you have that clear road, but you are set up to have a chance to win. So it's it's a great combination of a chance to win and a real open opportunity to earn a spot. So it seems like from both sides, this would be a mutual situation. Right-handed power bat in the outfield, very athletic, very toolsy. He is, uh, he'll be 31. I didn't think he was quite that old. But again, if you're the Indians, why not? He's always had loud tools. He's had some big, uh, you know, had a 30 home run season in 2017. And then just had some injuries. So if you go back and you look at that, there's potential there. So the Indians make sense. And for uh, Souza, it's a chance to be on a winning team. And it's a chance, a clear chance, to uh, to get one of those outfield spots. All he has to do is perform. He has to put his faith in himself. CJ Cron just keeps getting let go after production. 30 home runs in 2018 with Tampa. 25 with Minnesota this year. Uh, close to a league average bat. A little bit better. But that's just how it works with catchers. Um, or, I'm sorry, with catchers, with first baseman. He's, he's a good bat, but not a great bat. And no one wants to pay him the... Uh, cost of what it's going to be in terms of yearly salary because you can go out and find someone on the uh, free agent market for something similar. So Cron is on the move yet again. Jesus Aguilar got let go. Also claimed by the Marlins today. He was traded to uh, to Tampa for uh, for some pitching for Milwaukee after his big season. He came back down to earth. He'll get a chance to play for the Marlins. Uh, We'll come back to Domingo Santana because he's going to be another fun one. Tim Beckman, former first overall draft pick, has had some opportunities, and he was not bad last year as a middle infielder when you get down to it. Yes, the average was low. The on-base skills weren't there, but 15 home runs, 21 doubles. Athletic tools, can play short, second, or third. Why do I bring up Tim Beckham? Well, he's toolsy, and you can get him to... So what I like about Beckham is he's shown some power. He is developing. He's always been athletic. He can play three spots on your infield. So if you go out and you get a Tim Beckham in free agency, it's not going to cost you anything. And he can play a few positions. And let's say Nolan Jones is ready. Or if someone outplays him, let's say Christian Arroyo comes to camp and just shows that he is the player that people thought he was going to be and hits the cover off the ball. Or Yu Chen Chang steps up and just demolishes if you sign a Tim Beckham, he's going to be very valuable as a utility guy. Essentially, he's going to be a better version of uh, what Freeman was a year ago. So Beckham, I think, is someone you have to look at from that perspective of here's a guy who he'll be 30 in January, not super old, can play anywhere in the infield, provide some right-handed pop, and, uh, you know, be a pinch runner, a defensive replacement, do all of that type of stuff. So Tim Beckham one of those guys that really stood out in terms of the Indians Domingo Santana is the other one. Every year his name comes up. He is a bat-only prospect. He's never as good as people think he is, is kind of what it gets down to. Interesting guy because he is uh, just 27 years of age, so he should be in his prime. Hit 21 home runs with Seattle a year ago. If they did not have uh, Franmo Reyes, he would be ideal because he's essentially a light version of Franmo Reyes, uh, just not quite as productive. But there's worse things than making a run at Domingo Santana and uh, you know, essentially putting him at DH and trying Fran Mill in the outfield. Uh, he's not going to be super expensive. And offensively, he, he's going to be an above-average producer. So Santana, both guys Seattle let go. Very intriguing to me. Houston let go Aaron Sanchez. I remember when the talk was that he was the better of the Toronto prospects. He had uh was kind of rated higher than uh, Sinden Garden, so when they made the trade, it was viewed as hey they kept the right arm, and at age 23, you know he was a seventh in the Cy Young, an All Star, and has never really re- uh, duplicated. And he's never missed enough bats. The walk rate was a career low that year. Strikeout rate in the sevens with a walk rate around four just isn't gonna get it done, and a home run rate that's often uh over one the past few years not so, even with Houston's needs not surprised they did not pick him up at $6 million but is a depth guy he's someone the team should certainly consider Jose Pereza. man that ended up being a not so great deal for Cincinnati if you don't remember that was the deal where the Reds everyone was so mad because the everyone wanted the Indians to trade for Todd Frazier because they had this gaping hole at third base um, and it was this very involved deal where the White Sox sent Micah, J- Micah Johnson, Frankie Montez, and Trace Thompson to the Dodgers, and the Reds sent Todd Frazier to the White Sox, and the Reds got uh, Pereza, who was like the centerpiece, really, along with Brandon Dixon and Scott Uh Shebler uh, ended up being the best player in the deal. Pereza never really developed into much of anything. Um... Frankie Montes eventually was someone that got flipped in the uh, the Rich Hill deal, I believe, and has turned into probably the best player in that deal, um, depending on your view of his enhancement and steroids. But Perez just never hit, and the Reds decided to move on, and I can't blame him for that choice. Uh, Charlie Culberson, uh, he's bounced around, solid backup. I know his name will come up because there's been some years where he's been a, a pretty— you know, in 2018, he was a pretty solid offensive producer for Atlanta, can play mostly an outfielder, maybe someone worth kicking the tires on. Mikel Fra- Franco is a kind of a bigger name, prospect guy who never quite turned into an average starter. I think uh, Cesar Hernandez is the much more interesting guy I let go by Philly. 2.5 uh, B-WAR, meaning he was an above average player last year, added some defensive value at second, 14 home runs. 741 OPS, uh, 45 blocks, do 100 strikeouts, also had 21 doubles uh, a few years ago, had 11 triples, which is always kind of a fluky stat, but can get some extra bases, can run, play solid defense. He's definitely someone I think the Indians should keep their eye on. Just again, you know, he, what is he? He's entering his, he'll be 30 in May, but uh, they need that infielder, and he's another name to throw on the, the list. It was kind of an uninspiring group, and it it has gotten better today. Uh, the Brewers, man, what is going on with the Brewers? Can we just talk about them for a second? So I talked about, uh, you know, they had the trade over the weekend, don't really have time to get into depth into that one now, but they saved money by trading Zach Davies. They saved money by trading Chase Anderson. They lost Moustakis and Grandel. That is also money savings. Did not pick up Thames' contract, also money savings. They've been cutting all the money at every turn and today they released players whose salaries equal 15.1 million so they're just cutting left and right uh Travis Shaw has been really inconsistent in his career really terrible last year you know, he broke in with Boston looked like he was going to be something then struggled got traded to Milwaukee had two excellent seasons and then last year completely fell apart another one of those guys to consider as an infield target uh 31 and 32 home runs at with age 28 and 20 or 27 28 years he is going to be 30 in april Uh, a local kid played at kent state was born in uh, washington courthouse ohio played some first some third some second Uh, another guy that is the perfect type of guy to offer on a minor league bounce back contract he knows you know, any of these guys' agents will tell them, like, well, you got a chance to start. There's a road to starting with the Indians, there's a road to rebounding your value, and you can go home and do it. So, Travis Shaw is someone the Indians should absolutely be contacting about being invited to camp. I wouldn't do more than that at this point. Maybe someone else will. But, uh, I mean, come on, his nickname is the mayor of Ding Dong City. Who doesn't want that? The Brewers also let Jimmy Nelson go, who. You know, missed all of 2018 with injury and was mostly ineffective this year, though in 2017 finished ninth in the Cy Young and was uh, one of the best relievers on that team. Junior Guerrero has been pretty solid for them and it was actually very good a year ago in a market where there is just no relievers out there. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't go for him. Uh, he has been a starter in the past and is age 34 a year. Walk rate under four, strikeout rate over eight, home run rate of 1.2. Hit rate was low, but I mean, his ERA plus was a 126. His FIP is a 4.5. Yeah, he's not going to be great, but he's a potential back-end starter. And Milwaukee needs arms, and they let him go. And if you're keeping track at home, that's another guy who started a bunch of games for them, along with Anderson and Davies, who they let go. Alex Claudio was not great but he led the major leagues in appearances he was in 83 games this year they traded a first round pick for him just last year to the rangers uh because you can trade those comp picks he has never missed bats in his whole minor league career his walk rate jumped and nearly doubled as did his home run rate he is a lefty and you know he'll be 28 in january but his age 27 year was a career worst before that, he was largely a pretty effective, pretty solid pitcher. And even in that down year, the ERA plus is a 110. His FIP did jump to 4.92. or For his career, it's at a 368. He's a great buy low candidate right now. He's been let go. Anyone can get him uh, a left-hander who has tons of innings. I mean, he's not just, he's not a loogie. And with the, the changes coming, there's value in that. And he has been extremely productive in Texas, which is not a friendly environment. And very quickly the Brewers gave up on him. And then Tyler Saldino was the other guy the Brewers said goodbye to. Uh, he has bounced around throughout his career. Never been all that effective. You know, I understand moving on there. But uh, the other three guys, man, I mean, we already talked about the Brewers having one of some of the worst depth at baseball. <laughs> and now it's worse. They're just a, a crazy team. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what's going on. I mean, they're just building up a huge war chest if they're going to spend it all. But that's really interesting. And then I think one other guy, the Reds, agreed to take on Kevin Gaussman in uh, as a waiver claim in in August. It's all enough there, and they're letting him go. So that takes about ten million off their books. Which, when they signed Mike Moustakis, which we'll have to talk about more tomorrow, um, that you know they signed him for sixteen million. Gooseman's 10 million so they still have a lot of room to play by letting kevin gaussman go so let's talk about this indians trade really quick and the indians the indians had two guys they waived today the non-tender james hoyt who they released earlier in the day because of their trade and then kevin Plowecki. i thought it was interesting i mean my whole thought online was maybe you go out they did make their trade which is they traded for sandy leone who is a non-tender candidate for the uh for the Boston Red Sox and it's interesting where we are now in a world where the Red Sox are trying to cut salary so they let go of a catcher and the Indians decide to make a trade for him Uh, so the Indians picked up a salary dump from the Red Sox but Leone is probably better than Plowecki offensively and defensively though the framing rate data shows that Ploiecki was better but Still, uh, Leone is going to make 2.8 million. Plawecki was in line for 1.7, so they're adding 1.1 million dollars in salary for a marginal upgrade. Uh, Plawecki was let go today, so it does open a spot on their 40 man between him and Hoyt. So they're now at 39 out of 40. Uh, if there's someone they like in the Rule Five, they can grab somebody. Uh, if they want to go out and sign someone, now they don't have to worry about letting someone go at that point. But it's interesting. I mean, like I said, Leone is probably better. I can't guarantee you that he is. And he's getting a hefty chunk of change to be a backup. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Um, I don't necessarily get the end play here. They traded uh, Denny's Batista. I, I didn't even know the name. Uh, I had to go dig him up. 21 in Arizona. W- more walks than strikeouts as a pitcher. Uh, he's not a prospect. This is a straight salary dump. And the Indians traded him a guy that, you know, maybe a deep scout saw something he liked, but, uh, the chances of him ever even making it to double a are minimal. So the Indians essentially took a player that Boston was going to let go anyways. And then they let go of their catcher and added more salary in the deal. So it's an interesting move. That's about all I can say. I don't, I don't have much beyond that. Uh, it's an interesting move by the team. Um, My only thought when I read about the trade was, well, maybe someone called about Ploiecki and uh, they're going to try to flip him, but there was no market. He just ended up getting uh, designated for assignment. So we'll see what happens with him. But yeah, the Indians upgraded their backup catcher, uh, maybe. So it's a long, uh, long show today. We had so much to talk about with all the players that were let go, and I'm sure there'll be some more tomorrow that I missed to also talk about. We're seeing a lot more names get let go at this point in the season than ever before, and it certainly has led to some interesting talk. Final takeaways. uh, Tim Beckham, uh, Cesar Hernandez, Travis Shaw, Steven Souza. Those are the four guys. uh, Maybe Santana. Like I said, he's maybe a little too much like uh, Reyes for me. But those are the four guys from the list I think I am most intrigued by. Maybe Tejan Walker, because if you're the Indians and you fix him, you have even more pitching depth. The problem is, like, they have too much to begin with, so that's why Walker doesn't make the list. If the Indians didn't have 42 starting pitchers, Walker would be there as well. But yeah, those four of Shaw, Hernandez, uh, and Souza and Beckham are really the ones that stood out for me as guys the Indians should look at and consider. Thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this double-packed affair. Um, Time to make up a little bit for some of those missed ones. You know, uh, tomorrow we'll, we'll dive more into the news. It's always been interesting. There's always some catching news. Uh, we'll talk about the, the Reds and Mustakis. We'll talk about what else develops, as I'm sure other things are going to develop, and we'll see some of these guys signing uh, quickly. But As always, thank you for listening. This has been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Thank you for listening again, and go Tribe.